Good morning. Well, another year has come and gone. I'm always amazed when the new year comes around. Many people are excited that 2020 is done and over with and are hoping for a better year. But who knows what the future holds. Others look back and have unanswered questions and are looking to possible, looking forward to possible solutions. Others make New Year's resolutions. Have you made yours yet? Another aspect of the New Year is all the predictions. I don't know if you've heard some predictions already, whether political or economic, or some predictions for New Zealand, or some global predictions. Even Christians jump on the bandwagon of predicting what the New Year might bring. But I think what really matters as we find ourselves at the beginning of 2021 is what the Lord is saying to His church. As the Bible says, the Word of God says, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the church. So this morning, that is my concern that this morning we would hear from His voice. I want you to hear from God's voice, not from mine. My voice doesn't really count, does it? God's voice matters, what He has to say. And so I want to share with you this morning a message which the Lord has given to me as I have been praying about my life and about the future, about this year. And it's a message which I have called, Press On Towards the Goal. Press on towards the goal, coming from Philippians 3, 12 to 16. But for the sake of context, we're going to read beginning from from verse 7. Okay, Philippians 3, we'll focus on 12 to 16, but we will begin reading from verse 7. Here is... What the Lord says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. And now, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God and our Redeemer, for Christ's sake. Amen. I think it is clear from our text that the goal towards which Paul is pressing is the goal of knowing Christ. The goal is Christ himself. I, need, I want to say that. The goal is Christ himself. We pursue him. The goal is not the things or the benefits or the gifts that we can get from the Lord, but rather the Lord himself. Of course, he wants to bless us. He wants to bless us abundantly. But the goal is not the gift, but rather the giver. It's not the things that we can get from him, but rather the the, the God himself who is the source of all these things. In um, verse 8, what, what Paul says, he says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That word surpassing greatness, nothing equals knowing Christ. Nothing in the world. It is surpassing. Verse 10 or verse, uh, the end of verse 8, he talks about gaining Christ. And then in verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. He doesn't say, I know Christ already. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. It is clear that Paul has made knowing Christ the most important thing in his life. In other words, his life's resolution. Today we talk, a lot of people write New Year's resolutions and we know what happens to them. On week two of the New Year, they are forgotten. Today, I don't really want to talk to you about New Year's resolutions, but instead I I want to talk to you about life resolution. A resolution that stays with you year after year after year. And I think that's what we see here. What we see is a life resolution of the Apostle Paul. And I don't think he changed it year after year. It was the same thing, but he pursued it year after year. And that resolution is to know the Lord Jesus Christ because nothing compares with knowing Christ. Now, it is possible that some of us may have thought that Paul had really made it in the Christian life. After all, he was a great apostle, wasn't he? Perhaps some of you are thinking that he had arrived. So it seems as though that Paul, wanting to clear up any misunderstanding, He writes these verses and he says that, no, I haven't made it yet. He has not already obtained all this. 
he has not already been made perfect. This is the Apostle Paul. But this truth of the fact that he has not already been made perfect does not actually discourage him, but instead motivates him all the more to press on towards the goal for his life. Have you run a race? Have you ever run a race? Anyone? Yes. <laughs> Running a race requires focus, doesn't it? Focus, physical exertion, and perseverance. Running a race means you're in it to win. From start to finish, you lay all distractions aside, and you remain focused on one one thing, and that is to keep going until you reach the finish line. You don't look back. You don't turn around. And most important of all, you don't quit. The Bible compares the Christian life to a race. I know there are different types of races, but I think the best comparison is that of a marathon instead of a 100-meter dash or sprint. And most definitely, the Christian life is not a walk in the park. You would agree with me. It is not a walk in the park. The Christian life is a daily challenge which requires focus, effort, and perseverance to overcome whatever obstacles you come across, whatever Satan throws at you. And so in the Christian life, you are a long-distance runner, and that requires a strong focus to keep going. So in this Sunday number one of the year 2020, I want to encourage you from God's word to keep a focus, a, a forward focus in your Christian walk. Think about yourself as a Christian. I want to bring you an encouragement today to keep a forward focus so that you will be motivated to keep going even through this year and in the years ahead. We need to press on towards the goal God has for us. And the Apostle Paul, in this text that we're looking at, shares with us three ways that we can do that. And the first step that we need to take to focus on the goal in front of us is this. We need to make God's goal our own. We need to make God's goal our own. Let's have a look at verse 12 again. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Jesus has made me his own. This is the ESV. If you're going to press on towards the goal God has for you, you must first, first of all, make God's goals your own goal. This begins with being honest about where we are in our Christian walk. Have you ever thought about that? I think that's a good thing to do during New Year, to ask ourselves, where am I? in my relationship with the Lord. But I do want you to notice the honesty of Paul here in our text. Paul doesn't claim that he's perfect. 
He doesn't claim that he has made it as a Christian, that he has already arrived. No, he doesn't. He realizes that he is still on the journey and that he still has a long way to go. And he shares that honesty with his readers. Too often we think that I'm the only Christian struggling with my Christian walk. We look around at all the smiling people in church on Sunday morning and think that they've got this thing down. And we think that I could never share my struggle with them because they would never understand. But the truth is, we are all struggling. Are you with me? We are all in this Christian walk with the Lord. But I do want to ask you, is there anyone here today who has already arrived in the Christian life? Any perfect people with us here this morning? That is, the, that is Paul's, Paul's point here. We need to be honest about where we are in our Christian walk. And that will encourage other people if we are honest with our Christian walk. Secondly, on this verse, we need to align our goals with God's goal for our lives. Second part of the verse, he says, I press on to, to make or to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. We know what happened to Paul. God grabbed hold of Paul because God had a plan for Paul. And if you're a Christian, then God grabbed hold of you because he has a purpose for you, for your life. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a purpose for us. But in order to fulfill that purpose, we need to grab hold of that for which he grabbed hold of us. And you can only do that as you spend time with him in his word, and in prayer, as you walk closely with him. And what happens is God leads you to the way that you are supposed to go. So that's the first step that I want to share with you from God's word today. Make God's goals your own. Be honest about where you are in your Christian walk and align God's goals or align your goals with God's goals for your life. The second step is this. Keep a forward focus at all times. Keep a forward focus at all times. If you're going to press on towards the goal God has for you, you need to keep looking ahead at all times. The question is, how do we do that? I can see three things um, in the verses, that, uh, verses 13 and 14. Let's see, do I have those verses on the screen? Yeah. We've got them on the screen. First of all, what we learn from these verses is we need to get rid of 
all the distractions. Paul says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Now, let's pause there. I'm sure Paul was a busy man. Okay? He had many, many things to do. And yet, what's happening here is he can say, there's only one thing that I do. All right? One thing. One thing that I do. So he got rid of the distractions and kept his focus on Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, how many things do you do every day? How many hats do you wear on a typical day? You probably do a lot of different things. And you get pulled in a lot of directions every day. And it's hard to keep our focus when there are so many things to do. And you cannot run a good race when you are distracted from the goal that we have. Now, I know that much of what we do is good, not bad. And much of what we do is necessary. We need to be doing them. But there are some things in our lives that we know are just distractions. Are you with me? There are things in our lives that are not necessary. They are distractions from the big goal we have in front of us. We need to get rid of them. We need to do all the things to God's glory so that we have one overriding goal in life that keeps us on track. And so Paul, when you think about him, he was a very busy man. And yet he was able to say, I have one thing that, I, I have one thing that I'm doing. And what I want is for us to be able to say with Paul, there's one thing that I do, a major thing that I'm pursuing. And it is this. I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. So that's the first step in keeping a forward focus. We need to get rid of the distractions. It's not too late for us to pause for this year 2021 and just identify some changes that we may need to do so that we can really have a vibrant relationship with the Lord. Secondly, forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. Look at the rest of verse 13. Paul says, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, when you are in a race, the last thing you want to do is look back. Now, take a look at the picture on the screen. Have you seen that picture before? Some of you may recognize that picture. It is a bronze sculpture commemorating the race between two, two men, John Landy and Roger Bannister, during the 1954 British Empire Games held in Vancouver. Now, this was a race known as the Miracle Mile. The Miracle Mile, because it was the first race in history to feature two runners who had both run the mile in under four minutes. Landy held the world record, and he was actually winning this race when he made one critical mistake. He looked back over his shoulders to check Bannister's position. 
And as he looked back, his shoulders on the left, on the left here, Bannister surged by him on the right, winning the race by 0.8 seconds. Now this statue here was sculpted from a photograph taken of that fateful moment. After the sculpture was made, Landy himself quipped and he said, while Lot's wife, Lot's, in the, Lot's wife in the Bible, was turned into a pillar of salt for looking back, I am probably the only person ever turned into bronze for looking back. <laughs> Do you ever look back in such a way? I'm talking about our Christian walk. Do you ever look back in such a way that keeps you from moving forward in your Christian faith? You know, some people look back at their past successes, all their achievements and accomplishments. Instead of serving God in the present, they take comfort in how they served God before, how God used them before. And churches can, can be real good at that as well. We can sit around talking about the good old days in the 1980s, in the 1960s, 70s. Oh, good old days. Instead of focusing on the present. If God has used you in the past, that is certainly great. But realize that God has work for us to do today. Other people have the opposite problem. Instead of looking at their past successes, they focus on their failures. They have failed God in the past, and so they feel that God cannot use them in the present. If that is you, let me encourage you this morning that first of all, if you are in Christ, know that God has forgiven you. He truly has forgiven you if you are in Christ. And secondly, know that God still has work for you to do. You probably have heard that very well-known statement that God is the God of second chances, as well as the third, the fourth, the fifth chances. He will never give up on, on us. In fact, what God does is He redeems us, including our past. And He uses our past failures to help us to minister in the present. Isn't God great? If you keep looking backwards, you will never go, go forwards. As Christians, we need to do what Paul does here, and that is, he forgets what is behind, and he strains towards what is ahead. I like the word strain. I think it means to exert yourself to the uttermost. There is effort involved in the Christian life. We all know that, that the Christian life requires effort. Yes, we are saved by grace through faith. But that doesn't mean that there is nothing that we need to do in our Christian life for us to grow. Faith is a decision that we made in the past, and we keep doing it today, you know, believing in Christ. But it is also a decision that actually has impact on our day-to-day -day life. So if you're going to keep a forward focus in your life, you need to get rid of all the distractions around you. What are they? Try to identify them. 
It's a good time of the year to sit down and identify some of these destructions in our Christian walk. And also, we need to forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. And thirdly, still on this verse, we need to press on toward the goal to win the prize. I press on, Paul says, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This verse is really about perseverance. Perseverance in the Christian life. What good is it if you run a great race and then you drop out before you finish line, before the finish line? You need to persevere until you reach the end. So how do you do that? How do you persevere? You need to have a purpose. You need to keep your eyes on the goal. God, I like it, and Paul says, God has called him heavenward. God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Please listen to me. We should, must not live our lives for earthly things. We have a higher calling. Don't be tempted. Don't give in. Pursue the goal. Finally, number three. Don't lose your ground in your walk with Christ. So, the first one was, we make God's goal our own. Number two, we keep a forward focus at all times. And then this is the third one. Don't lose your ground in your walk with Christ. Verses 15 to 16. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on the same point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. There are two things in particular I want you to see from these verses. First of all, all mature believers will share this attitude that Paul is promoting. Now there is a play on words here. Paul uses the word mature in this verse. It's actually the same word in the Greek as the word perfect in verse 12, where Paul says, no, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't been made perfect yet. The word perfect there is exactly the same word as the word mature here in verse 15. In other words, perfect people know that they are not perfect. Did you hear that? Perfect people know that they are not perfect. Part of Christian maturity is knowing that you haven't arrived yet. That there is still plenty of room to grow. But mature people also know that they are making progress in the Christian walk. I love it. I love what John Newton, John Newton, the hymn writer, I love what he said, and I quote, I am not what I should be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I will be. But praise God, I am not what I used to be. Oh, that's a beautiful... That, that should go on your Facebook 
you know, that should go onto Twitter, right? You tweet that. Let me say that again. I am not what I should be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I will be. But praise God, I am not what I used to be. Very well said. Paul says all mature believers will share the same attitude. Now, look at what he says. What he says, uh, verse 15, And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. <laughs> Paul, I think, isn't being proud here. I think he just knows that he's right. <laughs> And he trusts God that uh, he that God will make these things clear to the, the Christians reading this book. And then finally, the Apostle Paul closes with an exhortation to maintain progress in the faith. Verse 15, only let us live up to what we have already attained. I guess the only sadder the, the only thing sadder than not moving forward in the Christian faith in the Christian life is going backward. If you don't move forward, so what's happening? Are you staying um, stationary? Or are you moving backwards? What is happening to your relationship with Christ? Certainly we are at different levels here. We are not on the same levels of our maturity in Christ. But each of us, listen, this is important, each of us should be at our farthest point along in our walk with the Lord from the time that we were when we got converted. Amen? Amen. How much progress have we made? That's a very good question to reflect on <laughs> for the new year. How well do you know Christ? It is very, very important to realize that we are progressing. Because indeed, if we are not progressing in our Christian walk, it's either we are staying put or we are moving backwards. No one here wants to be moving backwards in our Christian walk with the Lord. So let me encourage you, don't lose your ground. Keep progressing. Keep progressing. I want to close now. The Christian life is a race. And there are only three reasons you're not in the race today, if, if in, indeed you're not in the race. One is you've never started. Number two, you've stopped running. Or number three, you've finished. But the fact that you're here means that you haven't finished yet. So we can rule that out. So if you're not in the race, that means either that you've never started the race with Christ yet, or perhaps you have stopped running. If you've never started the race with Christ, let me invite you this morning. 3rd of January, 2021. This is such a wonderful time to begin the race with Christ. I want to invite you to begin the race with Christ today. 
Jesus came from heaven to earth. He died on the cross for our sins. And the forgiveness that he offers can be yours today. Christ can be your Savior and Lord today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Will you trust Jesus today as your Savior? Will you join him? Will you begin the race with him today? Trust me, if you do, you will enjoy it. And you will never look back. Or maybe you did start the race a long time ago. But somewhere along the way you stopped running. Perhaps you stumbled and fell. Or maybe you just got tired and decided to take a break. If you're sitting on the sidelines, it is time to get back in the race. Today is the day to come back. Just embrace the Savior again. Just feel His love and just say, God, I come back to you. Know this, that there is a Savior to serve. There is a price to be won. So come back to the race. Run the race in such a way as to finish it and win the prize. I want to give you an opportunity to just commune with the Father now. And then after a few moments, I will close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence through Christ. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We belong to you, Lord. And Father, I pray for any decisions made today. This is such a wonderful day for us to recommit our lives to you as we begin this year. Indeed, we do not know what this year holds for us. But Father, you do. But what really matters for us, Father, is to walk by faith, to trust you, to love you, to serve you to the best of our ability. Lord, if anybody has recommitted their lives to you today, if anyone has accepted you as Christ and as a Savior in Lord, I pray for those decisions to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. I pray that those decisions would be decisions that will be life-changing indeed. Father, we look to you. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. We love you, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. You are worthy of our service. You are worthy of our praise. Jesus, be magnified. Holy Spirit, be glorified. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for speaking to us.
in Christ's name. Amen.